0: Is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 227. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and also educated about the latest consumer tech news, views, and reviews. Thanks for listening. Thank you for downloading. First-time listeners, welcome aboard. We hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, drastic changes to mobile phones for P-plate drivers, the malware that's infected millions of Google accounts, and Apple has announced a battery replacement program for the iPhone 6S. In the Tech Guide reviews, we take a look at the new thinner, lighter MacBook Pro, the latest range of USB-C adapters and the new feature for the Netflix app. And we'll finish it off with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. So much to talk about, so let's jump straight in. Well, any parents listening right now that have children that are driving and in particular P-plate drivers, you really need to listen to this story. There has been changes to the driving laws that came into effect on December the 1st and your if your son or daughter is a P-plate driver, they should have received a letter, I'm told, about these changes. or well, if they haven't, it's best to to take notice of this because there are strict new laws for P-plate drivers when it comes to the use of mobile phones within the car. Uh, It's now against the law for any P-plate driver to use their phones in any way when they're driving. Previously, it was L-platers, so learners, and P1 drivers were unable to make any calls or use their phones in any way P2 drivers, the green P-platers, they were able to make calls. Well, that law has now changed. The new law now means that no P-plater can talk on their phone even if it is got a hands-free system connected via Bluetooth. But not only that, they cannot use it now. They can't use it for GPS. They can't even use it for their music. So all use of the smartphone in the car by a P-plate driver is banned. The only time they are able to use their phone in their car is if the car is parked by the side of the road with the engine off. They're able to make a phone call or receive a phone call. So any other use of the phone, whether it's GPS, audio, and of course calls are out, even if it's in a cradle, even if it's connected via Bluetooth, even if you're not touching it, it's now illegal. Learners and P1 drivers, that's the, the red P-platers, anyone caught using their phones will be fined and you will lose four demerit points. Losing four demerit points will actually put you into, that'll, that'll be too much for your three demerit point threshold and that would immediately result in a three-month suspension. P2 drivers will only have three demerit points left if they did lose those four for illegally using their mobile phone. Now, there's been a lot of reaction to this story, and with good reason. There's people saying, well, what's the difference between using a GPS, the GPS app on your phone and using a dedicated GPS device, because that is the alternative now. If a driver, a P-Play driver needs to, needs directions, they cannot use their phone. So they, they have no option but to, to purchase a standalone GPS device, a TomTom, a Garmin, a Navman, products like that, that, that all they are are dedicated GPS devices. A lot of people are saying, well, what's the difference using a GPS device, on, on an app on my phone? It's the same thing. Well, it it kind of isn't, because one thing you won't get on a dedicated GPS device is incoming calls that could distract the driver. Notifications are now rolling in all the time, new messages, social media notifications. They're constantly rolling in. You may have email notifications, and if they're visible to the driver, they pose a distraction. And the thinking behind these new laws is to remove any distraction whatsoever. p Play drivers and learner drivers, of course, are the most inexperienced drivers on the road, and they are twice as likely to be involved in an accident or to be killed while driving. So anything to reduce that risk uh, is, is where the, the Motor Traffic Authority is thinking about. Now, these rules apply to New South Wales uh, in, in Australia, so New, Th- New South Wales road rules, and uh will probably be adopted around the country as well if they haven't already been but you you got to i think the the better safe than sorry approach is is something i think that that you should look at you P like drivers will you've got no choice but to accept it your phone shouldn't be anywhere near you put it away don't look at it and look if you need directions either look on google maps before you get in the car or buy a dedicated GPS device. If you want, if you want audio, you can't use your phone for that either. So you'll have to either listen to the radio, put a CD in the car, because you can't stream anything out off your phone. You can't be be using the phone in that regard at all. So uh, your audio, you'll have to you'll have to uh, organise that another way. Listen to the radio, get your favourite CDs, whatever you need for your car. It just can't come from your phone. Now those laws, as I mentioned, came into effect on December one, so it, it is the, it is already law as we speak. So again, any parents listening, if you do have P play drivers uh, in your family, remind your sons and daughters that these laws are now in effect and they do carry heavy penalties. Those four demerit points could if you're a p1 or a learner driver actually put you off the road for three months so uh, i don't think answering a phone call or a message or using your phone in any way is worth that kind of inconvenience if you want to read more about that story and also watch a little video that the uh, that's been made about these new laws you know where to check it out techguide.com.au tech guide. keeping you updated and educated this is tech guide with Stephen Finnick. Now this is this is a worrying story we heard news late uh, last week about a new malware called Gooligan that is, has infected millions of Google accounts. Uh, what it does this malware it's hidden inside various Android apps that are downloaded through third party Uh, Play Store, app stores. So what happens is that someone sent an email recommending uh, an app and they're taken to a link and then that that app is is downloaded then to their Android phone. Well, aboard that little package is the Gooligan malware. And what it does, it actually generates an authentication token so that it can not only sit within your device, but also install other fraudulent apps to your device as well, and the whole idea behind it, it's all about money. They want to boost the in-app in ad in-app ad revenue. That's quite a mouthful. So they want to boost the ad revenue from these from these apps, uh, and and generate more income for the app developers. Uh, but that same token that gives your device the authority, if you like, to uh, to download those apps without your knowledge. By the way, that same token can be used to access your Google account and look at things like your Gmail account, Google Photos, your Google Docs, and even your Google Drive. The the main motivation though is as I said to, to make money. And so what it does, it, it posts posts app reviews on your behalf so that all all your contacts and all your all the people in your network and anyone who's browsing these fraudulent apps will see all these five-star glowing reviews and will be encouraged to download them as well. So uh, this was discovered by Checkpoint, the security researchers. They discovered the breach, and they found that it affected devices that were running Jelly Bean. This is Android 4.3. KitKat, which is 4.4, and Lollipop, which is 5.0. So, uh, if you're using any of those operating systems, you can check via a free online tool that Checkpoint has created, and I've linked it uh, from my Story on Tech Guide. You can simply type in your Google account's email address to check to see if your account has been compromised. So, best to do that, there is a link on our Story on Tech Guide, the Checkpoint free online tool. And hopefully, after you have typed in your address, you will see the message that your account was not breached. If that's the case, uh, breathe a sigh of relief and move on. But if you are one of these unfortunate victims who has had their account breached, the only way to get out of it is to to do a clean install of the Android operating system on your phone. Now, this practice is called reflashing your device. It is quite a complicated and involved process and would be best done by your mobile service provider. So if you're a Telstra, Vodafone, Optus, get them to do it or recommend someone for, to do it. Get them to recommend someone for you to do it. Uh, and once that, once you've done, completed that process, make sure you change all your Google account passwords so that they uh, you're, you're a little bit safer in that regard there is a list of the infected apps that I've put up on my story as well. So if you see any of these apps, be sure to steer clear of them because they do contain this little Gooligan malware package that attaches itself to the app and then installs itself once you've installed it on your device. So best thing to do, uh, it's, it's really simple if you want to install uh, like a Norton uh, app uh, security a security app that what that does is actually examines every app before it's installed, and it's a reputation based system. So if it knows that the developer is reputable and they've had no issues with apps from that developer it will allow that app to be installed but it would detect if these apps are from disreputable developers and recognize the issue especially with the google malware involved it would give you an alert and not allow that app to be installed the people who have had the app installed on their devices who who happen to install these apps obviously didn't have that that level of protection and now there are there's more than a million of them that have had their accounts compromised. Mainly, I think it's 55% of victims are in Asia uh, and we're we're counted as part of Southeast Asia. So whether there are some Australians that have been affected, uh, it's hard to say, but if you want to check for yourself, just for your own peace of mind, head over to Tech Guide with that free online tool. You can also see that list of the infected apps as well. So head over to techguide.com.au. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Now, here's a little story for all of you iPhone 6S users, and it's all about Apple initiating a battery replacement program. Now, you may have an iPhone 6S, and you may have noticed that the, uh, the phone may shut down sometimes, the battery runs down really quickly, and uh, you can't explain why. Uh, well, there is an explanation now. Your phone could be affected by a battery issue and apple emphasizes this is not a safety issue as we saw with the note 7 that was a that was a safety issue because the the battery did have a fault that resulted in in overheating and explosion that is not the case with with the iphone 6s battery the the worst the worst thing that can happen is that you have an unexpected shutdown so your phone will close down uh, without without warning, that is one of the symptoms, if you like, of the faulty battery. What Apple has done, they've identified the serial number range of the iPhone 6s products. the 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 products, the devices were manufactured between September and October 2015. So they're more than a year old. So if you, are, if you do remember buying an iPhone 6S around about that time, you can go. And again, i have put a link on the tech guide story. So you can uh, go to the Apple page, type in your serial number, and it will tell you instantly whether you qualify for a battery replacement. If you do if you are eligible for that replacement, you can take the device to an Apple authorized service provider, one of the Apple stores, or go through Apple technical support and what they'll do is they'll they'll get your device check it again to make sure that you actually do uh, qualify you are eligible for the program and you if you if you are going to go ahead with it best thing to do is of course to back up all of your stuff so go to iTunes connect it back it up in iTunes or to iCloud. So that you've got a complete record of all your stuff so that when you get your updated phone, because they're going to wipe the phone if they're going to replace the battery, uh, you're going to have to start again and reinstall that stuff. Another thing you need to do is erase all the data and settings, and that's pretty simple to do. You go to settings, general, reset, and then choose the option erase all content and settings. Uh, but you do need to check your iPhone 6S serial number first. I've had a lot of people reacting to this story and uh, saying, wow, well, that that must explain it, why my iPhone battery runs out so quickly or why it turns off so often. This is a a limited fault, Apple says, between those months, September and October last year, 2015, so uh, go to that page, check your serial number, and you may have a brand-new battery heading your way for your new, for your iPhone 6S. But if you want to check out that serial number, there is a link on our story at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Meet Orbi. That's Netgear's 1st the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure and crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi all around. Orbi reaches up to 370 square meters through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while you're streaming your favorite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi Tri-Band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximize the speed you're already paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For, better, for more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi. Better Wi-Fi everywhere. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Finney. Our major review this week, the first review for the show, is the new Apple MacBook Pro. I've had this for a week, been using it as my daily drive. This is my go-to laptop now. And this was introduced for the first time about six weeks ago. And it introduced a number of new features, including the new touch bar. This is the OLED strip that replaces the function keys on the keyboard. And in its place, uh, this OLED screen can provide options and icons and choices for that particular application that you happen to be running. Uh, along with uh, the those new features was an all-new design or well, a, a refined design. So it's a lot thinner, a lot lighter. It is uh, even smaller in volume than the previous version it took it's taken 4 years to get to this this new design it is 14% thinner 20% less volume and several different features on board enhancements and controversially a lot of things have been taken away as well But let's start with the design, and this is uh, what Apple does best. The design, uh, it looks great. It is remarkably thin, noticeably thinner than the previous model. Uh, It is smaller in length and width, as well as thickness. Uh, So overall, it is uh, smaller across the board. So the size and the shape have definitely had a change. But the other noticeable changes are around the edges, and that, are, that is the new, the, the new ports. Every port on the old MacBook Pro are gone. There is not a single port, apart from the headphone jack, not one port from the old MacBook Pro has survived. Gone is the USB, regular USB, USB 3. Gone is the HDMI port gone is other the lightning the the thunderbolt ports i should say and the sd card slot has also been remo- removed we'll talk a little bit more about that a little later in the in the review in their place we've got four usb c ports and these usb c ports are far more versatile i have to admit than the previous usb connections because every usb c port is also a power you can put power through it high-speed data through it, and it is also a Thunderbolt 3 port, so you can use it to connect a display as well. So the only thing that survived, ironically, is the headphone jack, which is what Apple removed from the iPhone 7. They decided you don't need that anymore, so they removed it off the iPhone 7 uh, with the MacBook Pro, they've made other decisions that we'll talk about in a little while. But on the design side, it uh, looks, looks terrific. One thing you won't see, though, on the outside is that lovely glowing Apple logo. That's gone as well. The previous MacBook Pro, uh, that would light up when the when the computer was turned on. This time with a much thinner computer and a thinner display. I think it's 0.8 of a millimeter is the display within that uh, the outer housing there. So something had to give, and that was that small light that lit up The Apple logo. Now it's just a polished uh, uh, silver uh, shape of the Apple logo rather than being illuminated by an LED. Uh, The other changes we've seen, uh, the the features, of course, the new features, the, the major new feature, one of the stars of the show is that touch bar. That's that narrow OLED screen we discussed and it does really come into play uh and is a is a very useful addition, depending on the type of application you're using and when you're using things like Final Cut or Photoshop, some of these high end programs these applications that require uh when when things need to be edited and finessed and changed and monitored. The touch bar does come into play to give you these other options, so uh, on on Final Cut, for example, Final Cut Pro, you can actually stream through your timeline using the touch bar. You see a little miniature version of your your project and you can actually skim through it just using the touch bar without having to touch the screen. I think the, uh, there's a lot of laptops, especially Windows Ten laptops, that do have touch screens. Uh, And Apple, of course, have resisted that once again. But in its place is this touch bar. And when you think about it, it does make sense where Apple has positioned it because if your hands are on the keyboard, if you do need to, rather than lifting it up to touch the screen, the options are even closer to your hands, to your fingers down on the keyboard. So rather than have to raise your arm up to the screen all the time... Uh, the the, dif- the decision you have to make is right there literally at your fingertips. If you do want to add a feature, add an emoji, add a, choose a different word, depending on the application you're using, of course, or choose a different tab on your browser. It does change as you change what you're looking at. So we found it really handy, and it's encouraging to hear that developers have really embraced it and are including it in their latest versions of their, app- of their application. So expect to see much more from the touch bar another part of that touch bar is also the touch id so very similar to what you find on the iphone and that is the ability now to to use your fingerprint to unlock various things whether it's the computer uh, a website to authorize a payment to use make an apple payment install software Uh, it allows you to do this now using touch id even if you want to uh, open your system preferences rather than having to type in the system id you can simply just use your fingerprint Uh, Really easy to register. Only issue with the touch bar, we sometimes use this outside, so we might be typing outside in a cafe somewhere, and the touch bar was sometimes a little hard to read because of the bright sunlight on it. Uh, The touch bar has been designed so that it actually, because you're looking at it at a 45-degree angle, it has actually been tilted to towards the user so that it's, it's easier to read. But in that bright sunlight, we sometimes found it hard to make out. But that, that was our only gripe, our, our only uh, issue with the touch bar. Uh, this is a feature that we really enjoyed and really used, uh, and uh, it, it came in really handy. The keyboard that's also different. It has the uh, wider, flatter keys that we that we first saw with the MacBook. So the pre if you're coming from a MacBook Pro, and that's what we were doing, the keys on the old Mac Pro, MacBook Pro, were smaller, but uh, spaced further apart. With the new MacBook Pro, it has now wider, flatter keys that are closer together. So it does take a little adjustment because your finger may strike the key next to the one you meant to strike accidentally. So it does take a little getting used to. The travel on the keys, that means the distance it has to be pressed down, is greatly reduced as well. So the, the keys are a lot shorter. They're not as tall as they were on the previous. And what we found, the result of this is easy typing but slightly noisier typing because you, uh, the, the, I don't think the key absorbs much of the sound because it's all, almost already depressed because it's such a low-standing key, Uh, we found it a little noisy anyway. The other big change is the trackpad. The trackpad on the new MacBook Pro is massive. It is more than twice the size of the previous trackpad. So what this does, it opens possibilities with gestures uh, and zooming and cropping and things like that. We found that I I normally use a, a mouse whenever I use my MacBook Pro, I found that I was relying less on the mouse and using the trackpad a lot more. So, big tick for that larger trackpad. I've got a photo of them on my store on our story on our review. You can see that the new trackpad is gigantic compared to the older one next to it. Now, onto the subject of connectivity. This is I think the most controversial part of the new MacBook Pro and it is the is what has got a lot of Apple users talking, and has got them a little discouraged, I have to say. And uh, I'm, I'm part of that crowd. The decision was to add four USB-C ports, remove HDMI port, remove the SD card slot, and these were defended by Apple as a move forward. But I think what Apple's done here is basically told us what we're getting. the, 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 the My reaction to this is, well, Apple... This is Apple saying, well, that's what you get, like it or not, that's what we've decided to include. Rather than meeting, trying to meet our needs, rather than addressing what we need, they're only giving us what we think we need, what they think we need. And there's a lot of people that are, are, excuse the language, pissed off about that decision. And so many people have taken to the internet writing that they've been Apple customers their entire life and they're moving, they're moving on, they're going to try something different. Uh, and I can understand how some of those feel. I think the uh, biggest gripe for me was losing the SD card slot. The the ability to get your photos onto the computer really quickly through a memory card slot was something I really valued. I used it every day. It was part of my workflow. And photographers naturally would be using this feature. Not every photographer would use an SD card. A lot of them use different types of cards and may have a, a card adapter. But there are a lot of people who use an SD card, uh, and I'm one of them, and there's a lot of people who are thinking, well, how do, how do I get my photos onto this computer now? Do I wirelessly transfer them? Do I put them up to the cloud? It's just added another step uh, for professional users. And You've got to remember, this is a MacBook Pro. It's aimed at pro users, professionals like photographers. There's photographers now who want to import hundreds of photos and video that now have to either buy an adapter or you put it up, connect it wirelessly, connect the camera with a USB cord and do it that way. It's just not as convenient. And that's one thing, I, I, my opinion is that that was a mistake to leave off that SD card slot. I can live with the different shaped USB-C ports. In fact, I prefer them now because there's no upside down. You can put it in whatever you want. You can also choose any of those USB-C ports to charge the computer. It's before with the MagSafe charger, it was only on the left-hand side of the computer. Now any of those ports can be used to charge. And of course, what you won't have is the MagSafe functionality. MagSafe, for those who don't know what that is, is where the, the adapter connects with a magnet to charge your laptop, the MacBook. And the idea behind that was that if someone tripped over the cord, the magnet would just harmlessly detach itself from the computer rather than dragging your computer across the desk and crashing to the floor. Well, now we've lost that, and now that risk has returned, where if someone does trip over your cord, that USB-C cord is in there. Uh, If you trip over that cord, your computer is going to slide off the desk. So that's something you really need to keep an eye out for. So MagSafe also gone. Uh, HDMI port, I use that for whenever I needed to connect to a TV or a projector to make presentations. Uh, That is now gone. Easy remedy is to use an adapter, and that's what we're going to have to do. And just for the record, when I was given the MacBook Pro by Apple to review, so I got the 15-inch MacBook Pro, but what I was also given, along with the computer, was a whole bunch of adapters, and I'm talking. I was given four different adapters that, if I were to purchase myself, would have cost an additional 157 dollars. And the MacBook Pro is already uh, pretty expensive. It's not uh, not a cheap computer, but for you to use a H- to, to connect HDMI, to connect regular USB and regular Thunderbolt. You needed you need $157 worth of adapters, which which Apple included with the review unit. So, just a heads up if you are planning on buying a MacBook Pro, chances are you'll need an adapter. And our next review segment, stay tuned for that. We're going to talk about all the different non Apple third party USB C adapters that are on the market. Some great new, some great uh, devices that'll help you out there. Moving along though the other features of the of the laptop the MacBook Pro the screen is remarkable I think this is one of the most amazing features the Retina display 67% brighter 67% more contrast ratio 25% more color looks amazing, one of the best screens they've ever produced. And if you're looking at this thing all day, which a lot of professionals do, uh, it is an absolute pleasure because it looks so damn good. On the audio side too, really impressive improvement here. The audio is remarkable. Uh, The iPad Pro had great speakers. There was four of them. Now the MacBook Pro has speakers that are worthy of... The uh, better than Bluetooth speakers you can buy. Straight out of the computer, sounds better than some of the expensive Bluetooth speakers that you'll buy. So right out of the right out of the unit, you're going to get great sound whether you're listening to music or watching a movie. Uh, there's great stereo separation too, so that you hear the left and right. distinction there, Uh, it does sound excellent. Performance wise under the hood, plenty of power here Intel 6th generation quad core processors, turbo boost speeds of up to 3.6 gigahertz this thing's a rocket Uh, 15 inch models come standard with 16 gig of RAM, you get 8 gig with 13 inch models, but you can bump them up to 16 if you require it. There's also discrete Radeon Pro graphics processor on board so video editing, gaming 3D graphics look fantastic smoother than ever on the battery side apple promises up to 10 hours of battery life uh, we didn't get uh, quite up to eight uh 10 hours we got about eight hours eight and a half hours and that was using it constantly with with wi-fi with our emails with everything fired up and that was a whole day of work which actually was was rather impressive not the eight not the 10 i should say not the 10 hours that apple promised but uh still pretty impressive nonetheless so what's the verdict here? The, the MacBook Pro is an excellent product. It is brilliant. It is a great laptop, but it could have been, to coin a phrase used by Steve Jobs himself, it could have been insanely great if it did have an SD card slot and some of these other ports that wouldn't have added much to the size of the computer. An SD card slot, you could have easily put in there and not compromise the thickness by any means. I think just, just the inclusion of an SD card slot I think would have made a massive difference, and a lot of people would have would have liked it a lot more. I certainly, I, I would have certainly been one of them. But still, uh, you know, the the decision that Apple made here is has, has really disillusioned some some users that have been Apple customers for for many years. They've gone through many Apple MacBooks or iMacs in the past. And the decisions that Apple made to remove some of these features, I think, has put a lot of these customers' noses out of joint. Whether they stick around and, and buy the MacBook Pro uh, is another story. I personally would would buy this as my new computer, uh, but I would have to use an adapter to get my to use my SD card or micro SD card. We'll talk about those products in a minute. But the MacBook Pro. Starts at 2199 for the 13-inch. That's with no touch bar. The 15-inch starts at 3599 So they're not cheap. The 15-inch also has the touch bar there. But if you want to read our complete review, tell us what you think, whether you would, would buy this, would if you're an Apple user, whether you're happy with these decisions. We'd love to hear your opinion. If you want to read our complete review, you'll find it at techguide.com.au. Tech guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick Now, as I mentioned, the use of adapters is something that anyone with a USB-C product. So, if you've got a MacBook, if you've got a MacBook Pro, if you've got a Samsung Tab Pro S, a lot, of, a lot of devices, laptops, tablets, phones, even now have USB-C ports on board. So, if you are, if you meant you heard the section, the, the segment before this one, and my disappointment that the new MacBook Pro doesn't have an SD card slot, my only option was to buy an adapter. And the adapter that I chose, and I mentioned this in my MacBook Pro review, was the Laser 5-in-1 multi-port adapter. This is only $35.20, and this has one USB connection so that you're taking up one of the USB ports on the MacBook. It also has a, another USB-C port on the outside, so you're making up for the one you're using. But it also has two USB 3.0 ports, so for your older USB cables, and not only an SD card slot, which I used, but also a micro SD card slot. So a really handy product to have, 35 bucks, Check it out on Tech Guide. Laser also has a number of USB C cables so you can connect USB C to a printer, to HDMI, micro USB, USB 3, USB 2, and even VGA and DVI adapters if you want to connect it to a TV or a projector. Moshi is also pretty popular in the Mac accessory stakes, and uh, they, they see the release of the MacBook and the MacBook Pro as an opportunity here. They've released some accessories. Uh, these include VGA adapters, a one meter long USB to USB cable. They've also got a USB-C charging cable. Uh, these have got smart LEDs that indicate whether the computer is being recharged or has been recharged. If it, it goes from red to green, you know the computer's fully charged. But they've also got a, a, an, a, an, a USB-C multi-port adapter. 129 bucks includes a USB-C port, USB 3.0 port and a HDMI connection in one unit. It's also available in silver, gold uh, and rose gold to match the Mac that you happen to buy. Belkin, as well, have a great USB-C range. They've got a four-point mini mini hub, so it's got two USB-C ports as well as two USB-3 ports, and it uh, connects with an extendable USB-C cable, so it doesn't clutter the ports along the side of the MacBook Pro. There's also a gigabit Ethernet adapter that are available. Uh, Apple also have, you'll see on my story about the MacBook Pro, a picture of all the adapters you can buy from Apple. You can get a lot of these uh, that I'm talking about now from these third-party companies. You can also get them from Apple themselves if you want to do that. Uh, but Belkin can also have a car adapter uh, as well as the gig- gigabit ethernet adapter so you can connect a cable to the, to the laptop and connect to the internet. If you want to check out those adapters, they are there to see at techguide.com.au. Now Netflix has had an interesting update to its mobile app. Netflix, as we know, streaming video on demand service. But what's changed now is the introduction of downloads. So now if you want to take a show and enjoy it offline, whether you're about to get on a plane or you want to use it uh, you want to watch it without using up data, streaming it on the train. Then now, while you're on your Wi-Fi network at home, for example, you can choose to download to your device. Now, it will download to the Netflix app. So don't think you can just fill an SD card full of content and then take it and watch it on other devices. That won't work. It'll only work within the Netflix app for your device. So it's not going to work if you if you think you're going to be able to watch all these shows on any device and use them however you want. I think movies have a certain time limit, as do the TV shows. But the good thing is you could. There's many of the of the great selections. Some of the latest shows have that download option, like The Crown, Narcos, Orange Is the New Black. Another favourite of mine, Designated Survivor, it also can be downloaded. So imagine you're going on a trip, you can load up your device. Download those Netflix shows to the Netflix app on your on your tablet or your smartphone, and you can watch them uh, when you're offline. So you're not using data, and you don't need an internet connection. So a lot of people are going to be happy about that. What you need to do, though, is update your Netflix app because... Uh, the new version of the app is what allows uh, the downloads. It gives you the option. And to see if a show is, uh, is able to be downloaded, you need to look for the download symbol. And that's simply a downward-facing arrow above a straight line. That, that is the symbol for download. So you can download various episodes of various shows and then uh, watch them to your heart's content wherever you happen to be. I think this is a great move by Netflix, another way to endear themselves to their many, many customers here in Australia, Australia being one of the fastest growing Netflix audiences in the world. Netflix was, was uh, announced, I think it, was, it started in March last year and has just been a, a huge success for uh, for them here in australia but the uh, the fact they've added downloads is an added bonus right there as well you want to read that story and check out all those instructions i just described you can do that at techguide.com.au keeping you updated and educated this is tech guide with stephen Finney. tech guide the Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family and your devices safe online. While public Wi-Fi at airports, hotels and cafes is convenient, it's not always safe. Did you know that accessing the web using public Wi-Fi can expose your most sensitive information like passwords, photos and credit card details to hackers and identity thieves? Norton Wi-Fi Privacy helps encrypt your information when you're online so it can't be intercepted by prying eyes. So whether you're worried about hackers stealing your passwords or companies tracking your online activity, keep your personal information protected with the new Norton Wi-Fi Privacy app. To learn more, visit au.norton.com or search, search for Norton Wi Fi Privacy on the App Store or Google Play Store. Tech guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk couple of quick Tech Guide help desk questions, and these were sent to me through Tech Guide. There is an icon that says, got a tech question? Email Stephen Fenwick. You click on that icon, and you'll be able to fill out a little form that sends me an email if you need any help, and I will reply to your email and also mention you on the Tech Guide podcast. So you never know. If you uh, send me through your question, you could end up on the Tech Guide podcast as well. Got a couple of quick issues here. One reader asked whether he was able to operate a dual SIM Galaxy S7 from Samsung in Australia. That model, not available here in Australia, reason being that the telcos don't want you running more than one SIM. They only want you running their SIM in their phone. So it wasn't introduced here in Australia, but other parts of the world uh, do have the dual SIM uh, S7. Uh, my advice to our reader was that make sure... I think he had a Telstra sim and an Optus SIM. wanted to run both on 4G... I did point out the fact that Telstra runs on the 700 megahertz spectrum and Optus, I think, runs on 700, 1800, 1800. There's about five different frequencies that, that Optus operates on as well. You do need to check that both of the SIM card slots can handle all of those spectrums. You also need to see whether both SIM cards will be treated as 4G SIM cards. I've seen other dual SIM phones that downgrade one that can only handle one 4G and one 3G. I've even seen older ones that can handle one 3G and one only 2G, so you're only getting talk and text on through the other. So you do need to check that as well. Because it wasn't available here in Australia, uh, there there is uh, you can only buy them offshore, And offshore vendors, of course, are assuring Australians that it will work, but it doesn't hurt to do your homework. Check that uh, your network, so your telco, will operate on those frequencies. The other question I had was uh, from a concerned parent uh, of a daughter who was finding that uh, she works at night and was finding that uh, strange marks on her car, whether it's someone uh, vandalising the car or maybe accidentally banging into the car with their car, Uh, A little concerned about that and she asked, was there any product that can monitor this And the answer is yes. There's a lot of dash cams that work uh, even while the car isn't driving. Of course, they work while you're driving and record what happens on the road. But there are a lot of dash cams that also work in parked mode. And when they detect any kind of movement or any kind of impact on your car, so the impact of maybe another car backing into your car in a car park, it does activate the recording with, with a lot of them with high enough resolution to make out the registration, the number plate, so you can identify the car if it has actually hit your car while it's parked. So uh, keep an eye out if you're looking for a dash cam. That is, look for that added feature. It does make it a lot more useful uh, if that has that as well. Uh, If I've written about plenty of dash cams as well as the Samsung S7 phones, and you can read all about those stories at techguide.com.au. And that's a wrap. That's our show for this week. You can read about everything we've spoken about at our website, techguide.com And get in touch with us. You can either email us directly, info at techguide.com.au, or you can click on the icon on the right-hand side of the site there and email me straight through. A special thanks, too. We give a shout-out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs. And also we want to mention Norton, our other sponsor, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week. It's getting closer to Christmas. Can you believe it? to December. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.